the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to episode eight of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, a weekly helping of all things weddings delivered straight to your headphones. Over the last few weeks, we've been tackling all matters related to weddings, everything from engagements to budgeting, and we even discussed how to navigate the world of weddings when you've had a recent bereavement. We've actually managed to cram lots of advice into the first couple of episodes, so make sure you give them a listen if you haven't already. And this week we're going to be talking about one of, well, what I think is the most fun aspects of wedding planning, the wedding dress. So we're going to be talking about where to find inspiration for your dress, what to expect from the shopping experience, spoiler alert, flashing some boobs, and how to know if you found the one or if indeed the one actually exists. One fab day expert wedding tips. Not to toot our own horns, but we know a thing or two when it comes to wedding planning and we're only too happy to put it to good use and pass it on. This week, it's over to you, Selena, to share a piece of wedding wisdom that you've picked up. So the subject of this tip is the on the day wedding gifts that the couple exchange between each other, which ah. is something that's grown in popularity over the last couple of years. And we see couples who give each other like wildly extravagant and expensive gifts on the morning of the wedding. We featured a car once. Oh my God, how is that a thing? I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then obviously we feature a lot of weddings that have like just a lovely handwritten note or like a really, really cute handmade thing. We had one wedding where he made her a mixtape to listen to while she got ready. And I love that. Um, So I'm not against the whole on the day wedding gift thing, but my issue is that it could be a bit difficult if you haven't discussed it beforehand and you don't know what's going on. So if you get an amazing gift and you've planned nothing for your other half or vice versa, I think that could be a bit awkward. So this tip is to bring it up with your partner in the run up to the wedding. And get a gauge for how much to spend or what kind of scale of gift you'll be giving. Absolutely. Like I think weddings are so expensive. This is one thing that you absolutely can cut from your budget if you need to without anyone getting upset. So... As long as you've discussed it before, it's okay to like leave this tradition aside or it's okay as well to maybe agree, oh, we're not going to spend any money, but we might do handmade gifts or something like that. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. So today's topic is wedding dress shopping, our essential guide. So the all important wedding dress, if you're not in the market for one, you can probably skip ahead slightly. But if you're a bride on the hunt for the perfect white, black, blush pink, as is increasingly popular dress, you're probably feeling the pressure a bit. A wedding dress is hyped as if it's the outfit of a lifetime. But if you ask us, that's a bit too much pressure to pin on one garment. Yeah, absolutely. The whole process of choosing your wedding dress or wedding ensemble should be fun. I think it should be one of the greatest memories from wedding planning even if you do it alone, regardless of whether you've got your bridesmaids or your mom or whoever with you, it should be a really fun thing that's part of the joy of getting married and not a thing that brings you like undue stress. But that happens as well. And that's part of what we're going to talk about today. So I think we should probably start with talking about the different kinds of dresses. So we don't want anyone to get too hung up on labels or designers, but I do think it's helpful to have an idea of a bit of the lingo and know what kind of scale or where some dresses are coming from. So the first kind is ready to wear. So that's high street dresses, department store, somewhere like Net-A-Porter. So it could be a designer dress, but that's maybe not from a traditional bridal collection, vintage sample sales, basically a dress you buy today and walk away with. Yeah, so it could be, I mean, historically it was called off the rack but digital off the rack isn't quite the same because you aren't physically touching the rack but they have it in the warehouse like it's ready to go it's ready to be worn and then the more traditional bridal boutique experience is 
made to order so that means you'll get the dress that you've tried on but it'll be made just for you so that might not necessarily mean your exact measurements they might order it in in a size 10 or 12 or 14 or whatever size you are but it does mean that it was made just for you kind of like in a way less romantic example if you order a couch yeah well my couch is going to be very romantic (laughs) that I've ordered I'll have you know and you still have to wait six months for it to come it's 14 weeks I don't know what I'm going to sit on Um, but yeah there is a special element to that as well for sure and then you go through the alterations process so how that works is that you get a size larger than you need and then you can tailor by taking things in so it's a great great way to get a dress that fits you perfectly yeah and that's generally the most common option but then of course there's custom made where you can have a dressmaker a designer make it from scratch yeah that's not too dissimilar from made to order but it's a whole exciting experience because you get to have an impact and an input into whether it has, has sleeves and all of that kind and of shout thing. out to lucy on the one fab day team who got her dress custom made and it's it was stunning oh it was stunning i can't wait to see more photos she's yeah. only given us a, a little drip she's very feeding. newlywed newlywed yeah it's only been a week but lucy we demand to see more pictures yes and then when it comes to designer versus manufacturers so this is more of a business side of of bridal but i i found it really helpful knowing it from the inside so designers will release collections every season with maybe 20 dresses they're often kind of hand stitched or hand finished anyway even if they're they've been maybe the base has been made um in a bigger batch and then they're hand beaded yeah really detailed beautifully done and often there'll be names you know so like jenny pack and vera wang but even like the smaller, more boutique brands. Whereas manufactured are names you probably don't know. They kind of make collections with about, it could be 40, it could be 100 dresses yeah. a season. Um, and they'll tend to be made in factories. They're less quality fabric, but they're more affordable as well. Yeah, so they're all great options depending on what your budget is and what your desire is for your wedding dress. But there is definitely a difference in quality as you go from high street you know all the way up to custom made or high-end designer yeah absolutely and some boutiques will stock one or the other and some will have a mix but it's just i think good to have a gauge on that before you go in because sometimes you'll see a dress on pinterest and you won't know how to find it and i think it's helpful to know if it's manufactured it might be a bit more difficult to find the exact model but manufactured dresses tend to be more classic in style so you probably will find it eventually. Yeah, and a lot of the questions we get are actually from people who know what kind of dress they want, but they don't know how to describe it or how to find something similar. So they might have found a dress from four years ago that isn't in production anymore, and they don't know how to go about conveying it to a bridal boutique, let's say. I want something similar. So that's a whole other area Yeah. of like, what which is we'll a, get onto Which we will get onto. <laughs> what is A-line and what is drop waist and yeah. all of that. Yeah. It is a tricky one. Don't feel bad if you go into wedding dress planning and you have no idea what the lingo is because unless you work in fashion, you probably wouldn't know no, a lot, a lot of these of the terms. Terminology is very different to your normal dress shopping. So I do think you shouldn't feel in any There are a lot of words I didn't know what they meant for ages like bustle. Oh. I always thought it was something raunchy. It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that you use to hold up your oh, dress. Yeah, we should explain. It's not very exciting. It's just the train and then yeah, you roll it up and bustle Tuck it, it up, in. Yeah, it's it in. Yeah, it's not as sexy as it sounds. No. So when should brides start their dress search? So we always say six to nine months before the wedding date. And that's really tailored towards the boutiques, the designers, the manufacturers you were talking about. But then I also think it's worth doing that, even if you are looking at 
let's say vintage or high street because you don't want to tell yourself oh I definitely don't want to do the boutique route with my dress I'm definitely going to do vintage or high street and then not be able to find something and then have run out of time to go back yeah particularly high street because you're so tied to when the collections are released and they often sell out very quickly yeah and often with vintage as well people want something but they just can't find the exact thing because it's an aged garment and they find the right thing but the wrong size And then they find that actually a designer is doing a very similar style that's inspired by vintage fashion that actually would work much better for them, but they've missed the boat on that. So I would say six to nine months, regardless of what your plan is. Now, you can do it in a shorter time frame. Obviously, people do. But less than six months is often considered a rush order in a bridal boutique. So do be aware of that because you may have to pay a surcharge to get it made quicker. I think it's a good idea if a bride has a sense of her own style to kind of come up with a few keywords to be able to sum it up when they go into a boutique. Absolutely. And this is another thing that's a bit awkward to put into words because no one wants to think... I'm so boho. Yeah, no one walks around (laughs) saying, I'm a minimalist. Well, not in my life anyway. Um, But it's honestly really helpful if you can go into a boutique or wherever there are sales assistants and say I want something really classic I want something really vintage inspired whatever it is so identifying that is a key part of the whole process and also identifying any non-negotiable or wish list items so say if you want it to be t-length you want long sleeves you want a high neckline you want lace things like that that you can identify early on without obviously ruling out other things but I think it's good to have have a gauge on them as as early as you can if and that's if you have a sense of your own style if you don't if you've no idea what you want I do think it's a good idea to just go straight to a a boutique and with a broad selection of styles and start trying things on and then you'll get a better feel for what what you're looking for obviously some people will go into this and they will have ideas in their head and they will have pictured their wedding dress for years and years and some people will be like oh god I've actually never thought about this before I just kind of want a nice dress I guess and in that scenario I think you're right Claire I think it's good to maybe have a bridal boutique appointment that's like I'm just feeling the waters see what I like see what I don't like and you might realize oh I really wanted to have sleeves or oh I absolutely could not have a t-length dress or whatever it's good to get that stuff figured out early on because then that's when you make the real headway with your search yeah absolutely and I think once you have an idea of what you do want you should do some research into designers and brands that create those kind of dresses Uh, social media and Pinterest is a big help for these yeah what I love about uh, Pinterest and Instagram is that you can save things so it just means that the minute you get engaged you might not be getting married for two years but you might start following loads of wedding accounts hopefully the one fab day instagram account yep. uh, and pinterest account and you might see things but you might know listen i'm not going to be looking at wedding dresses for another six months but something might stick in your head and you might not be able to find it we get loads of emails from brides who are like have you seen a dress that's like <laughs> oh hot tip get familiar with google image search yes that's invaluable whenever we get sent a lot of random photos and brides are saying where do I find this dress? So we'll reverse search it and find the designer. So that's a very helpful way. And it goes across all your wedding planning, actually, even shoes, accessories, suits, all of it. So it's a good way to find the source. Even things like signage on Etsy and stuff. You can really quickly find something from a real wedding if you've just found it on a random Chinese site or something. Claire in particular is a genius at Google Image Search. She's found dresses for many of our friends who have been like, I just don't know what this is. (laughs) And then once you've found a dress that you love, if you find out who designed it, I guess is the first step. And then the second step is to find a stockist for that dress. So a lot of brides might do it backwards and go to the boutiques and then they're kind of looking for a needle in a haystack. Whereas if you found a needle, 
Is that the right analogy? <laughs> I think keep going with it. See where we land, Claire. <laughs> and then bring it to the haystack. Bring the needle know. to the haystack. <laughs> anyway, there, no, found, well, there are needles involved the in this whole thing. Someone yes, needs to someone needs sew the dress. Them. Okay, so we should talk about budget because I have a very strong view on this one, which is that a wedding dress at any budget can be beautiful. We have seen them. We've had them on the site that cost 70 euro in a charity shop. We've had them that cost unspeakable literally because I can't bring myself to say it <laughs> amounts of money and every bride looks absolutely gorgeous and it all works out for the best but there's obviously a big difference between a 150 euro high street dress and a 10 grand high-end designer dress so if you know for sure that your budget is let's say around a thousand euro dollars pounds don't be going and trying on 15 grand dresses no because it's going to look and feel really different by comparison and it's not that's not to say anything against the one grand dress because that's still beautiful but if you compare them in real life the amount of detail and artistry that goes into them will be very different so just be really realistic about your budget is what I would say and remember there's not going to be someone standing beside you in the 15 grand dress on the day so exactly your dress will look gorgeous because it'll be the only wedding dress well unless you're in a same-sex couple, it'll be the yeah. only wedding dress in the room. So you're going to obviously be like glowing, that magical bridal glow. Yeah, there's basically no chance that anyone on your guest list will be spending more money on the dress than you. I mean, m- nine times out of ten. Yeah. So your dress will look high-end and high-quality. And, and you've got some kind of ritzy cousin. <laughs> the ritzy cousins can <laughs> get in the sea, Claire. It's also very important to factor in the additional extras. So there'll be things like alterations, accessories, shoes. So if you've got, say, 2000 to spend on your wedding day look, hold back uh, probably about a quarter of that for alterations and accessories. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. And if you are like, let's say you're a shoe person, like that's absolutely cool as well. Like if you know that shoes are your thing and you decide you want to spend half of your budget on the shoes and take the hit on the dress, like obviously that's wonderful and absolutely go for it I feel like I will be paying a lot of attention to the earrings when I pick out a wedding dress Selena loves a good statement earring yeah so just consider that at the very outset consider the accessories and whether you do maybe want an elaborate headpiece or something because that will have to be factored into the cost so you've got your budget and you've sustained a few styles you like so now it's time to make an appointment so bridal boutiques often book up a lot of Saturdays particularly in advance so it's important I think when you have that six to nine months number in your head to factor in that you might have to wait a month for an appointment as well. Yeah absolutely this is another area of wedding planning where organisation is key so maybe get a little spreadsheet going or write down somewhere like all of the places you want to go try and get the appointments sorted you know you might be able to do a few in one day other places, you know, if you're traveling to a boutique, that might not be possible, but it is a bit of a logistical dealy. So you need to get on as quickly as possible, really. And when you make the call, let them know your budget. And if you have any specific requirements, um, I know for plus size brides in particular, that can be something they're a bit nervous about, whether or not a, a boutique will have their size for samples. So while generally boutiques have a broad selection of sample sizes I do think it's it's good to ring and just put yourself at ease. Same if you have concerns about like access to the building or whatever it's just really good to go into your appointment feeling really confident that everything will go well and get all of those initial queries out of the way beforehand so you can focus on 
just the dress and which one is right and with that in mind if you have specific styles or designers you want to try do let them know because sometimes they might stock a designer but they won't have the style you're looking for they might be able to order it in for your appointment so it's yeah it's just good to give them a heads up so that you're not disappointed on the day yeah they might even say oh listen we should push your appointment forward a week because then we'll have the new collection Mm. by this person you're interested in and so it's worth saying it boutiques will have designer trunk shows so they'll have the designer visiting with their whole entire collection which can be great as well and you might get to meet the designer who should you bring to your appointment now this is a tricky one i'm of the opinion that you should bring who you think will be a good person to have with you rather than oh i have to bring my mom oh i have to bring the bridesmaids because you want someone who's going to make you feel comfortable and i'd bring you celine oh i bring you too claire although well you didn't bring me claire. i know but i was in london <laughs> Claire didn't bring anyone. We covered it on a previous podcast. Go back and listen. (laughs) But yeah, I think um, the most important thing is to bring someone who will bring positive vibes. I suppose a good indication is if it's the kind of person you'd go shopping with anyway, then you probably know, like you can really like trust them to give you a good opinion, but not, you know, overblow it or underplay it too much because you want them to be interested in what's going on. You want them to give you the reaction you're looking for. It doesn't have to be a big overblown reaction they tears don't have butterflies to, yeah like you don't need people to burst into tears because you look so ungodly beautiful i do selena i need that well i'm here to tell you that you don't uh it's okay if it doesn't go like a scene from a movie that's totally fine but yeah just maybe make sure that the people you're bringing are people who will not say weird stuff about how your butt looks like that's basically what it comes down to yeah you want supportive enthusiastic honest-ish people. That said, the last time I went uh, dress shopping with a pal, I did say a lot of stuff about how her butt looked. But it was because her butt looked really good in the dress. If it's a banging butt, you have to... I think you, you're right to bring it up. Cheap. But yeah, positivity is the key. And someone as well, if you have someone like this, someone who knows a lot about clothing and fashion, anyone who's ever worked in that area would be great because they'd be able to give you like tips on how to style and it. And they can ask the right questions at the They absolutely well. will know what to ask, yeah. Also, I think it's good to note not to bring too many people. I think two or three is perfect. You really kind of want a clear head going in. You want, like, I think I would, like, you actually be tempted to go on my own just because you want to be able to concentrate. I know it's not an exam, but you want to know what all the options are. You want to have them clear in front of you. So, yeah, I would say limit it to one maybe three max yeah in terms of what to bring I'd say bring nude underwear a strapless bra though that might come off because a lot of times dresses have built in support or your Low bra will work with it yeah. prepare to flash a bit because yeah you'll cause, have a very intimate relationship <laughs> with the person in the store but that's okay that's okay don't wear fake tan please no that's a disaster I can't even address that no. we need to breeze right past no um, tan minimal makeup yeah same for same reasons you know the boutique don't want their dress getting covered in yeah and you don't want to try on a dress that's covered in someone else's makeup no exactly Come pay it forward uh, bring a bobbin and some hair clips in case say it's a dress that you decide would look better with your hair up or down that you can mix around your look and, and kind of have a play around with it some boutiques would recommend you bring shoes but it just depends a lot of traditional bridal boutiques will have their own but if yeah. you don't like the idea of maybe putting your feet in someone else's shoes, shoes. that's something you can ask when you ring up as well and if you have something specifically you know you definitely want to wear 
like maybe you have an heirloom piece of jewellery or something that you've already decided you're going to wear. I mean, you might change your mind when you get the dress, but it's worth bringing it anyway to just have a little feel. Yeah, absolutely. And wear something that's easy to take on and off because you might be changing a lot. Yeah, especially if you've multiple appointments in one day. But that leads us on nicely to our next tip, which is maybe don't book too many appointments in one day. Yeah. What would you say, like two max? Three maybe? Yeah. Yeah. In the same city, maybe three. Yeah. I suppose if you're traveling, but... You can't, yeah. Yeah, because it can it can be quite overwhelming and it's hard to remember what you liked and what you didn't. And Yeah, absolutely. It's like viewing houses. You get home at the end of the day and you're like, oh God, I don't have a clue what <laughs> bathroom was in which house. <laughs> it's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. <laughs> so I think we should talk as well about the whole boutique experience because I think... From movies, you could think that you go in and the dress is going to be there and it's going to fit you. And they it's don't going to be always clean. have champagne either. <laughs> Do they not always have no, champagne? They normally only have champagne when you hand over the money. Well, that's a bit cynical. I know. But I understand. That's true. I understand you. They're not made of champagne. No. Uh, but yeah, the dresses you're trying on will be samples. So just be aware that they're not going to be brand new. They'll have a little bit of wear and tear on them from being tried on by maybe... 10, 20 people. And they might be bigger or smaller than your normal size, but the boutiques have all sorts of rigmaroles and clamps and things like that to make, to give you a good idea of how it will fit on you. But it it can be frustrating when you're shopping for the first time and realise that you're going to be dropping a large amount of money on a dress that you won't have actually tried on in its in the flesh yeah you won't have seen the dress in person if you're buying from a boutique. You'll have seen a sample and that's just the best way for it to work but it's good to know that ahead of time in case you think you're going in and you're being introduced to your wedding dress because it doesn't work exactly like that and when you go in I think it's always a good idea to let the assistant know the vibe and feel of your wedding so if it's going to be a festival wedding or if you're having it in a ballroom of a fancy hotel just so they can get a gauge on what kind of dresses might suit yeah definitely that's one thing I wouldn't recommend doing is getting a dress before you actually know what the oh, no. venue is or what the whole atmosphere will be. Because I think certain dresses work in certain setups. And yeah, you don't want to be overdressed or underdressed for your Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be upstaged by the ceremony space. One thing just to keep in mind as well is to ask uh, before you take any photos or whip your phone out because a lot of times boutiques don't allow it. Yeah, that's a big one. And uh, use the boutique staff as well. Like ask them questions. Generally, you can trust their knowledge because they do this all the time. They've seen all of the dresses that there are in the world practically. So obviously take their advice with a pinch of salt, but do use your opportunity to put loads of questions to them. Yeah, and be open-minded about their suggestions because they'll often suggest like one kind of rogue dress that you wouldn't have thought of at all. And sometimes that can be the dress that you end up falling in love with or it could make you more sure in your decision that that's not what you're after. Yeah, we've heard that story a hundred times where the boutique suggested something and they thought absolutely no way and then it turned out to be the one. So definitely be open-minded. Uh, but also don't be disheartened if the first appointment you have doesn't go great and you don't find anything you love. You've got plenty of time. There's a dress out there for everybody. There is. Yeah. So don't put too much pressure on each appointment because you'll have places you like and people you gel with and it's all it's all going to come good. Another thing to note is, well, one, that wedding dresses look completely different when they're on the hangers. So when you're starting to flick through the dresses in a boutique, 
um, just be aware of that, that they'll look completely different on. So not to discount certain dresses just because they look too big or too slinky or whatever on yeah. the hanger. And most of them are customizable as well. So you can get a version with sleeves or without sleeves or with modesty panels or all yes, of that. Yes, because a lot of the designer collections now have like really like low cut chests and things like that. And people balk at the idea of wearing that in front of their granny. But often that's just how the designers presented it in the lookbook. But you can completely customize it yourself. Or they can do a layer underneath it. So it's a bit more subtle. Selena, do you think the one exists? I think the one is the one that you get married in. <laughs> yes. And I think you shouldn't put too much emphasis on it being the greatest outfit of your whole life. For a lot of women, and probably guys too, their wedding day outfit is the greatest outfit of their whole lives. But I don't really like to think of it that way. I like to think there's a lot more amazing outfits in all of our futures. So I don't like to think it's your one chance to look great. It doesn't have to make your mom cry or it doesn't have to give you goosebumps. I think as long as it just makes you feel gorgeous. It should make you feel really happy and comfortable and you should be able to do all the things that you want to do on your wedding day in it. So like dance up a storm if that's what you're going for. Or walk around in fields if you're going to take portraits in some eat romantic your dinner, location. Ideally. <laughs> yeah, you should be able to eat in it because you've paid for this gorgeous wedding feast. Um, so keep all of that in mind. You want it to be somewhat practical. And just because it's practical doesn't mean you can't offset it with like a wacky headpiece or like extortionate shoes because you can do all of that. So once you've found the dress, it doesn't need to be the one dress ask about the payment schedule in the shop which is kind of boring but important um make sure you can deliver whenever it's required yeah absolutely sometimes you'll have to pay the balance or before you collect the dress and things like that so it's just a good one to kind of hammer out mark it all down in your calendar as well also as we advised in an earlier episode it's a good idea to use your credit card to pay you will be measured as well on the day when you place the order and a lot of times which I don't care for uh, some boutiques will ask if you plan to lose weight before the wedding and things like that and I think it's important to be realistic about that and not order a dress that's three sizes smaller than you actually are no absolutely not we'll definitely talk about that in a future episode but I think the main thing to take away is that you do you and don't feel pressure from anyone to go up or down a size uh, but do ask about alterations if they have someone to suggest or if you need to go and find your own alterations person yeah absolutely because a lot of people don't realize that if the boutique doesn't offer alterations and then they're scrambling for someone last minute yeah and they're busy times of the year for alterations like everything else so again organization is key and finally stop looking once you've handed over the deposit on your wedding dress don't look at anymore yeah, go into your Pinterest and Instagram and unsave all of those things I told you to save <laughs> and earlier. And follow all of those accounts. <laughs> no, keep following Oh, not one fat day. This is designers. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. You need to stop, put down the bridal inspiration sources and just be happy with the dress that you have because it's going to be great if you head over to one fab day we'll leave the link in the show notes we've got hundreds of bridal collections as well as guides on wedding dress shopping how much wedding dresses cost and a checklist for your fittings which is a total must read one fab day listener dilemmas here at the one fab day wedding podcast we want to make wedding planning as easy as possible Uh, So our inbox is always open for your questions and queries. Now, this week, Claire has chosen a dilemma for us to discuss. Lay it on me, Claire. I think a lot of couples will relate to this one. This reader wrote in and says, We're bringing our own wine to our wedding venue. We have 90 guests. How the heck do we work out how much red and white we need? 
I hear you. We're talking maths here. Mm-hmm. We're crunching some numbers with this one. Yes. So the convention used to be half a bottle of wine per person. I say two thirds. That really depends on your crowd as well. Yes. Like I would always suggest look at your crowd. Check if there are children, how many yeah, of those them out. There could be 15 kids in that, yeah. you know, that are not drinking again, hopefully. Have a look at your guest list. Are they big drinkers? Are they not? Like if you have 10 teetotalers in there, it's worth factoring that in as well. Or if you know you've a super busy bunch of mates, then you're going to need more wine. Yeah. And also think about how generous you want to be. So you might say that you want everyone to just have as much wine as they want. Or you might say, oh, I just want enough to keep them going, plus a little bit extra. Or you might say, budget's really tight. I just want to give them, you know, two glasses of wine. That's all we can really do. Yeah, absolutely. So think about that before you do your maths. I would say two thirds is a good amount to give if you want it until the end of the meal-ish should cover it. Um, Also, in terms of red and white, so we sat down and made a list of all of our friends who we reckoned were red wine drinkers and white wine drinkers. And we came out about, well, we thought it leaned heavier on the red wine. So we went 50-50, but it was a summer wedding and it was really hot and no one drank red wine. So it's good also, I guess, to factor in the time of year you're getting married and go heavier on the white if it's a summer wedding. Absolutely. So this person, we would say, I guess, 60 bottles, 30 red, 30 white is a very broad piece of advice. But think about the specifics when you figure out your own number. Now, I love this man and there's no way that I'm going to give him up to some two-faced big-haired food critic. Now for something that's not your wedding. Obviously, we're mad into all things weddings, but we know there are times when it all becomes a bit much. So with that in mind, we urge you to press pause and do something entirely non-wedding related at least once a week. Selena, what's your recommendation for this week? So this is a recommendation that I would make at any time in my life to anyone which is watch a movie from long, long ago. So uh, one of my favourite kind of eras is pre-code Hollywood films, which is like 1929 to 49. What was the code? It's pre. Oh, they had had a whole code about how scandalous you were allowed to be. Spoiler alert, not very. Um, So before the code came in, we got away with a lot of really like deadly storylines so there was a lot of like dames doing like sassy things (laughs) which brings me on to my specific recommendation so in your town you might find um older movies are held by cinemas in like series unfortunately a lot of the time they're held during the day because they think that only pensioners go to see these kinds of films from the 30s and 40s but cool kids like you do it too not true um but look it up in like your local cinemas and private cinemas because there probably is something like this near you but in Dublin there is an amazing series uh, run by a girl called Megan called Sassmouth Dames and they do films all about really badass women and they're all from around the 30s and they are so enjoyable I've actually brought a friend who knew nothing about these kind of films and loves it and comes every week now it's deadly The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast That's all for this episode of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thanks so much for coming and spending a bit of time with us today. We hope you're now ready to embark on your wedding dress search armed with all of our tips and tricks. If you need more advice on wedding day style or actually any element of planning your big day, head over to onefabday.com where you'll find lots of handy checklists and features of all kinds. There's real weddings, 
write-up collections, planning guides going up on the site every single day. So there'll definitely be something on there for you. And if you've got any questions for us, or if you just want to send us a shoddy in your bridesmaid's dress, you can get in touch by emailing hello at onefabday.com or hitting us up on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels and we love hearing from you. We definitely want to see your wedding dress pics, mm-hmm. please. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.